What's up, Ukrainian family? Vladimir Pragnevsky here, and welcome to episode number 34 of the Ukrainian podcast, where I serve a Ukrainian family with weekly interviews from highly creative people. Now, today's guest is someone super special. I can't pronounce his full name, but I'm just going to stick with his first name. His name is Klopas, and Klopas is a very talented motion designer and a graduate student at Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta, Georgia. Klopas, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, I, I got to know, how do you pronounce your last name? In Mandarin, it should be Huang. I'm not even, even going to attempt that. <laughs> you know, most people, because my last name is not the easiest to pronounce, and I feel sorry for my wife because she had to inherit that last name. But uh, So when somebody tries to pronounce my name, and I, I know the pain you know, when people get it wrong. So that's why I didn't, didn't even attempt it. Now, I've been interviewing well over 30 people, and I don't think I've ever had a student on my show. So I'm very excited to have a student on our podcast and you know most mm-hmm. of our most of our guests are well established motion designers. So, but I'm very excited to have you on. There's so much we can get into in this episode. But let's start from the very beginning. How did you get started in motion design? Um, I actually I finished my undergrad study in 2001. Then I worked as a multimedia designer for for a few years. Oh wow! And yeah, at that time, you know, flash website is very popular, and we did a lot of flash website and mini game. So I learned a bit about the, the timeline and the keyframe at that time. Mm. And actually my first motion work is, is done by Fetch, but not After Effect. Yeah. I'm curious, why did, you, why did you decide to go back for your graduate after working in the field? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty hard decision, but I kind of feel I lost my passion in design during this around 15 years. And, and I think it is the time to, to get out of my comfort zone, you know, and mm. yeah, and try something new and go to another country. Yeah. Another country where they speak totally, completely different language. And now you're on a podcast speaking in not in yes. your native language. So it looks like, looks like stepping out of your comfort zone is just like the theme of your life, man. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty cool. Yes, absolutely. Now, so where did this passion for motion design start for you? Okay, so so around 2005, I, I come across a music video called Remind Me, which is by a Norwegian band uh, called Wix Up. Oh. That is uh, that is an uh, infographic style music video. And when I first watched this video, I'm very excited to see, whoa, that's how powerful and it's how interesting that motion can be when you, when you bring all the graphics and, and illustration into motion. And it really inspired me at that time. So I know that I want to do something like this. And so until two and two years later is 2007, I had a chance to produce a, a digital signage for a real client. At that time, um, all the animator in my in the company is is occupied in another big project. So I asked my boss that can I try to handle this, and and he said okay, you you, you can do it, because I think. The after effect is like a it's like a movable Photoshop. Mm-hmm. So I kind of handled it, and this is how I get into the motion graphic. Wow! So it started with a music video for you, man. That's pretty sweet. Now, yeah. know, why did you decide to move to the United States to pursue it? I I would say um, United States is definitely the the biggest industry in motion design, I believe. Mm. So I hope um, after my my study, I can work with the best studio and the best designer in, in the stage. Mm. 
And you know what? I was just looking at your Behance profile, and it looks like you've already, you've already been featured in two categories. Like one of your videos, I think it was something about a noodle. I forget what it was called, but it was very fascinating, very impressive stuff. And I think that video was featured in like several different categories. So clearly, you're producing really, really beautiful work. Now, who are your influences? What are some artists that you look up to? Um, that's a lot. I I don't have a really particular one, but I would say. Patrick Kerr is, is one of the master in motion design and Danny Yotes. Yeah, they're very good designer. And I, I think the whole, the whole Behance is my inspiration. Yes, it's my inspiration too. I'm on there every day, I think. And that's, that's kind of where I look for people to interview because if I come across something that I really love and I'm like, man, I need to talk to that person just to see what's behind that story, behind their journey. And that's how I found you. Now, what is the best advice that you've ever received from somebody? Um, I, my best advice, I think, is someone told me a good work doesn't need a lot of explanation. And because the work should be able to communicate with the audience itself. So I always bear in mind when I'm doing storyboard work. Now, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. I would say it's deliver on time. It is very important. Say being being on time. Yeah, be on time. Yeah, it's so it's interesting because like I have a when I was playing soccer, I remember our coach always told us that if you're if you're on time, you're late. If you're early, you're on time. And so I'm that made me very timely person, <laughs> you know. And that's a that's something that I, th- I think that's a quality that a lot of people don't cherish. But you know, first impression is everything. And if you show up late to something. It just leaves a terrible first impression, and it's hard to recover from a first impression, you know. Yes, correct. So, so I try to always break down a portrait into several small pieces, and I map every track point on my schedule. So I just need to focus on what I need to do today. Once, mm. once you stick on the everyday target, then then the whole portrait will be on on schedule. Do you use any uh, kind of apps or anything like that that keeps you organized? No, I just mark, mark it on my calendar. Yeah, I'm a big calendar person now. It's, I used to have all these different apps that helped me manage things, but I realized that the more the more apps I have managing things, the more distracting and the more challenging it is. So now I just stick, I just simplified it. I just go to the calendar, and that's <laughs> that's uh, that's all I do anymore these days. Yeah, always is the is the best way. That's true. I think the simpler it is, the more likely that you're going to stick with it. You know. Now, what advice should you give to someone who is about to go to college? Is there anything that a pre-college student can do to prepare for college? Prepare for the college? I I think um, as there is many online tutorial now, I think they can mm. try to get a hand-on experiment in the on the software first. Because I think the college is is not really a place for you to learn every command on on a software. Ah. Yeah, so I think they need to... So get really good at the the software so that way when you're in college, when you're learning the concepts and all these different things, you don't have to take time to learn all the software. Yeah, Yeah, there's all your your, skill set. So more you learn on the software, so you have more flexibility to, to present your ideas. That is interesting. It's kind of like, you know, before you go to college, it's, it's, here's something that, as you were sharing this, something that came to mind, you know, it's kind of like uh, vocabulary or speaking. Like the more words you know, the better communicator you become and the better communicator you become, the more exactly. you, it's, it's kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly. 
No, that's great. Now, what what would you do different if you had to start college over again? Is there anything that you would do different? You mean the the graduate or the undergraduate study? I'll, let's start both. I'll let you pick. Um, I think it's it's really be serious. I I I mean, when I'm in undergraduate study, when I'm twenty something, I'm not very serious about my study. Mm. And when I have a chance to do my master's study again. I think I'm very serious in my study now. So with with age comes wisdom, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what what are some things that you excited about the motion graphics industry? I remember I saw an article from the School of Design. It said the industry is is more dominated by male, but what I see in my class now, there is more female classmates. Really? So we can see after maybe three to five years, we'll get more female motion designer. Wow, you know that's interesting. You say that because in our group we have a Ukraine Media Facebook group, private group, and we have I don't know almost three thousand people, and like ninety some percent of people that are in the group are male. But recently I was at a conference. It was oh, I forget what it was called, Cave Mode, and at the very end they asked people to get up and you know if you're a college student looking for for work, you can kind of you know introduce yourself, pitch yourself to the people in the group. And there's some people that are owners of motion design shops and stuff. And so out of like five people that got up, three of them were women. So I thought that was very encouraging that more and more women are entering this field. So that's pretty sweet. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, I have a few um, famous female motion designer. Maybe I can send you the list and, and you can invite them. Yes, I'd love to. I've only had two so far on the show. One was Maple Ship. I remember she... Uh, she works for New York Post, and she was great. And and then Amy Bruss, she was also incredible. So I need more women, to, uh, women motion graphics uh, yeah, artists yeah. to interview. That would be a great, uh, just a different perspective. Now, what should everyone your age? Well, I guess because you know you're in graduate school now. But what do you think everyone in college? What should they be doing while they're in college, preparing for that next job? Preparing, I think, is really um, the first most important in the is the portfolio. Mm-hmm. And, and I said it's the skill set because when you are go to the industry in the real world, you are helping to do the work but not learning again. You have to very well prepare your skill set. And also I think the, the communication is, is both in, important, whether you communicate with your teammates or with the client. No, it's such a communication is the most important thing. And I remember in college, you know, I'm like you. I moved to the United States. I didn't speak the language. I learned English in 2000. So... English was very hard. And so I thought, what is the most important thing in the country when you move? Communication, right? So you have to learn how to communicate. So that's why I, I got a job as a waiter. And that helped my communication because that's all you do all day long. You talk to people, you know, coming up to tables, asking for their food, and you have to learn how to communicate with them. It's just like dealing with clients. It's the best experience yeah. that anyone can get. So interesting you yeah, bring that up. Way. Now, yeah. I've had a lot of people on the show that... Uh, didn't go to college, and I'm curious because you have you didn't just go to college; you're in graduate school, so you you went through a lot of schooling. What is your take on schooling on college for motion graphics designers? Do you think it's something that is still very much relevant, or do you think it's still possible to learn everything that you know through just online tutorials, through School of Motion, and you know, resources like that? I'm curious to hear your take on it. Um, I, I would say it is a two different thing, you know, and. Um, if you go to the college, go to a school, you will interact with the professor, with your classmate. And if you do the online tutorial, there's more 
more focused on skill set. Mm. Yeah, because we have we still have a lot of theory class, media theory or right. art history class to take. So I think it's a it's a two different experiment. No, and I agree. And, and a lot of people that don't go to college for this kind of stuff, they it's like they learn bad habits in a way, you know. And, and uh, so if there if anything, college is really, really, really good for. Well, first connections. The connections you make in college are just priceless. Yeah. But another thing is those basic foundational stuff that people skip and they jump into tutorials and they learn this stuff. So I think that's what college is good for: discipline, foundational stuff, and connections. But that's my personal uh, opinion. How, would you agree with that? Yeah, and I, I, will, I will say um, if you go to school, you learn from a very systematic way. But if you learn from tutorial, maybe you just jump to the technique that you are interested. If you are interested in particle, you, you will visit a lot of particle tutorial, but, but you won't go to try some um, real action, maybe. Yeah, it's, quality, it's to force you to, to experiment all you need to know in, for your future career. Definitely. Now, recommend an internet resource that you find helpful in your work or personal life. Mm, um, not something special we just mentioned is Behance. I think, um, right yeah, you don't only see the final work from the designer, but you also see their entire creative process mm. and also how they present their work in a very beautiful and professional way. So I think it's, for me, Behance is the number one. Awesome. Well, listen, Clopas, thank you so much, man. This was a, a, such a treat talking to you from just mm -hmm. a totally different perspective, being a student. Now, how can people get in touch with you? You can visit my website and send me an email for any question or, or, or collaboration or just follow my Behance and Instagram account. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time, man. I'll make sure to include all this stuff, everything, all your work on our uh, show notes. I'll make sure to include all your uh, Behance, beautiful stuff that you've created. But I really appreciate your time, man. I know I know, I had you, I, you were supposed to be on last week and we postponed it to this week. So I thank you so much for being so flexible. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Klopas. Make sure to check out his website, klopasoey.com. Again, it's klopasoey.com. All the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at euchromedia.com slash 34. And while you're there, check out our course on After Effects Expressions. Over six hours of content, all for you. Go to euchromedia.com slash expressions for more information. Don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to euchromedia.com slash community. We have well over 2,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you trying to grow. And it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye.